Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Evening, your weak gutted dogs, and welcome to the NRL Power Hour podcast. This is not just a sports report, and today we're going to take a look at all the action from round 21 in the NRL. Now, we're going to look through all the games. Uh, I'm also going to give out this time, usually, what I do at the end of the episodes, I give out my little performance highlights. I'm actually going to start the episode with that today, but first of all, Let's look at a bit of the news that's been circulating. Firstly, Ricky Stewart calls Jamin Salmon a weak, gutted dog, something that apparently goes back to the junior grades about 10 years ago with Jamin Salmon and Ricky Stewart's son. So that was very interesting. Ricky, he did apologize, but that has been a big talking point of the weekend. Jamin Salmon as well, some interesting, interesting things coming out about him during the week, but Yeah, pretty hectic for him as well, I'm sure. Wasn't expecting that. We've also unfortunately seen Felice Cafusi, due to personal circumstances, he will not be playing this weekend. Um, Now, I haven't looked into that yet, but he was recently in America because his father was ill. So I think it's something on that front. I'll have to look into that. Uh, But if that is the case, really unfortunate to hear and best wishes to Felice Cafusi and his family. Staying on the Melbourne Storm theme, and Jerome Hughes seems to have picked up an injury as well. So for the Melbourne Storm, things just keep getting in their way, obstacle after obstacle, and Jerome Hughes is gonna be a really big one to overcome. Now, what I'm gonna do is check the ladder. I'll go through my performance highlights, and then we'll get to the game, shall we? So checking out the ladder, Penrith Panthers still on top. They're going to stay there. As always, Panthers first place. Cowboys remain in second. Sharks third. And we see in fourth place, the Melbourne Storm, ravaged by injury. They are still there in the top four, but right behind them on equal points in fifth spot, the Parramatta Eels, who are definitely starting to make their charge. Two points outside of the top four race, We have the Rabbitohs, who are in scintillating form, and we've got the Broncos, who are sliding a little bit. Definitely interesting on that front. Roosters starting to hit their stride. They are in eighth spot. Now two points clear of the ninth-placed Raiders, who have to win every game from here. Then you have in 10th and 11th, Sea Eagles, Dragons. I'll say Sea Eagles, there's still a chance, but Dragons on minus 130, uh, points differential. I think the Dragons are out of the running. So we are now down to 10 teams remaining in this competition. Then you have the less relevant sides, 12th place Bulldogs, 13th place Knights, my team, the Warriors. And with all due respect to the Bulldogs and Knights, I would consider them shit teams as far as this season goes. Bulldogs definitely improving, but like we're in a bit of the shit team zone right now. So To see that my uh, team, we're worse than the Bulldogs, we're worse than the Knights, 
we are marginally better than the Tigers and the last place Titans. So pretty grim times as a Warriors fan, but for the 10 teams still in contention, well, their fans will be glued to their screens this weekend. We are getting so close to crunch time, the final series fast approaching. Very keen to see how these games play out. Now, what I'm gonna do is quickly jump through my performance highlights. Round 21, my X Factor player of the round. I've gone with Latrell Mitchell, scored 24 points up against the Warriors, two tries, two try assists, three tackle breaks, and now with Latrell back, the Rabbitohs Premiership tilt is well and truly on. Can they go all the way? Maybe, just maybe they can. So X Factor player round 21 was Latrell Mitchell. My rising star nomination. Look, he'll probably won't crack the end of season top four, but Jake Arthur, he stepped up big time in that Parramatta halfback jersey. Jake Arthur is my rising star of the round. And for the third week in a row, Tevita Totola picks up my Tough Stuff Award. Just given that South's up front, other than Cameron Murray, I was that was my concern with the Rabbitohs, was their forward pack. Tevita Totola is really stepping up big time. So for the third week in a row, Tough Stuff performance highlight goes to Tevita Tartola. My cause for concern. Uh, there are a few causes for concern, I guess you'd say. This time I've just gone with the Titans. They're still bottom of the ladder. 10 losses in a row. A lot to be concerned about. So cause for concern, the Gold Coast Titans. And look, over on the Instagram, at not just a sports report, right now we have just begun the NRL's best haircut. Going through all 16 teams at the moment, running polls on who has the best haircut from each club. We'll narrow that down to a top 16. And then, yeah, we're going to do some brackets and determine the NRL's best haircut. Just something, a little bit of fun. And if you want to get in on that, you can follow us over on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. Today, we've put up the Gold Coast Titans. So you can go and vote on the Titans' best haircut. Of course, Kevin Proctor, very unlikely to be sacked around this time of year because he was the $1.10 favorite to take out the Titans' best haircut. So all of that and more going over on the Instagram page. But with that being said, now it's time to jump into the games. All eight of them that took place on the weekend. Let's get amongst it. Kicking us off for round 21, we had the Thursday night game at the Sydney Cricket Ground where the Sydney Roosters, well, they are starting to heat up 34-16 over the Broncos, and the Sydney Roosters, they have really announced themselves that even from that bottom part of the eight, they are here to play for the Premiership. Now, as far as the actual game, Broncos just looked a little bit off the mark from the very get-go. Roosters, they came out of the blocks firing a lot of momentum with their go-forward, led right by the front rowers, Matt Lodge and James James Waria Hargreaves? Fucking hell. Jared Waria Hargreaves. I also thought Joseph Suwali, not just early, but throughout the whole game, he was awesome for the Roosters go forward. They had two tries in the first 10 minutes, and basically they were just running straight through the middle of the Broncos. And then once the Broncos started to kind of think about the middle of the field, the Roosters shifted it to their edges, 
We saw Paul Momorowski get the first try, and if you listened to my preview last week, my point of difference for this game was Victor Radley. Now, he had a great passing skills ability, and he got a try assist to start the game, so he was a point of difference, and it's a tantalizing 2023 combo with the hectic cheese that I cannot wait to watch next year. Then we saw Nat Butcher. He crossed in the ninth minute of the game, and look, you could tell pretty early a rooster's ambush was on. That try coming off a really creative kick from Sam Walker, who's finally starting to gel alongside Luke Carey. And you'd have to say, even though they are in eighth place, the Roosters are a premiership contender, but it's going to be tough. They're going to have to fight from that bottom part of the eight. They have made some changes that I do think makes a difference. Matt Lodge being one of them. Now, he started for the Roosters in this game. He looked fitter. He looked hungrier. He looked significantly better than anything I'd seen from him at the Warriors. So already Roosters getting some bang for their buck. And for the Broncos, a really big loss for them that could affect the whole rest of their season. No Patrick Carrigan. It was telling here. And yeah, Broncos definitely a worse offside without their leader in Patrick Carrigan. Sydney Roosters, I thought Nat Butcher had an awesome game, two tries, and we've seen his development. He's been in the Roosters system for a long time now, and he's stepping up to become a senior player in this side, and he's helping Trent Robinson to usher in this next generation of superstars. Nat Butcher was outstanding in this game, two tries, he also got through 40 tackles, and he looks really comfortable out on that right edge. Another who looks very comfortable out on the right side, Joseph Siwali. He's more than living up to his potential, and it's his physicality that impresses me the most. He does not shy away from contact, and as I said, he had a massive bearing on getting the Roosters on that front foot to start the game. Now Roosters are 8th on the ladder. They are only one win behind the now 7th placed Broncos, who have dramatically slid out of the top 4, and now Brisbane find themselves defending their position inside the top eight altogether. So now Roosters, they have a chance to climb higher than that eighth position. And for the Broncos, they do not have much time to fix up some of the deficiencies. MVP in this game, I've gone with James Tedesco. As always, just such an unreal player. 264 run meters, two line break assists, two try assists, and 14 tackle breaks. So yet again, James Tedesco making a massive difference. And next up, we've got Roosters hosting the Cowboys. And for the Broncos, they've got the Knights. And that is a must-win game. Knights going to be out to spoil the party. But you'd have to say, Brisbane, surely they win that game. If they don't, though, well, that could turn their entire season on its head. Roosters getting it done over Broncos in the Thursday night action. Let's now get ourselves amongst the Friday night games. Alright, on to the early Friday game. Starting with some flashback Friday brilliance. Cameron Munster shifting back to fullback. We had some Munster magic on display as the Melbourne Storm got over the Titans 32 points to 14. Storm just keep finding a way 
to try and deal with this massive injury crisis. We saw before the game, Cameron Munster shifted to the back. Cooper Johns came in, and he hasn't had the best game so far this year. I thought he looked the most comfortable he has in a Melbourne Storm halves jersey. So Cooper Johns, that is a massive step up for him, and it allowed Cameron Munster to really take the game by the scruff of the neck. We also saw David Nofaluma make his Melbourne Storm debut. Xavier Coates returned in a really, really big boost for their backline. And young Tonema Payer making his official return to the club, had spent some time at the Melbourne Rebels, now he's back in the NRL, got his first game back, and got a try as well. MVP for this game, no secret, Cameron Munster, three tries, Munster ran for 252 metres, two line breaks, and nine tackle breaks. This Munster to fullback switch, well, it's definitely added a point of difference for the Storm at the pointy end of the season. One major loss for them though, out for a couple of weeks expected, Jerome Hughes injured. Now, they've already had trouble in their halves, Cooper John stepped up big time, but now if they retain Munster at fullback, who's going to be in the halves? Will it be Meany, maybe Jaden Nikarima, Tyron Wishart? Could even be Jonah Pizet, yet to make his debut in the NRL, but coming off a man of the match performance in the junior grades origin game for the Blues. So, very interested to see what the Storm decide to do with their halfback jersey over the next couple of weeks. And for the Titans, well, they are my cause for concern yet again. 10 straight losses, it has been a full bed shit season, and they find themselves very lonely at the foot of the ladder, very last place. With a lot of question marks, Jaden Campbell, I've seen talk maybe he could be on his way out. That would be a huge loss for the Titans to lose Jaden Campbell. And it just kind of shows you where the club are at. Justin Holbrook, their coach, he's under a hell of a lot of pressure. And he's not the only coach under a lot of pressure. Craig Bellamy facing plenty of pressure to hold on to that spot in the top four. He's got the Eels right there ready to pounce. The Rabbitohs, the Broncos, and the Roosters just below. All teams who can definitely capitalise on any mistake that Melbourne makes on the run home. And Melbourne, look, they still have premiership aspirations. I am really intrigued to see how their chase for the title goes. And it's not going to get much bigger than in our next round, round 22, Storm travelling to Bluebet Stadium to take on the Panthers. That will be my game of the round. And then Titans, well, they'll be hosting Manly. Big game for the Titans. If they lose that, you'd have to say they'll get the wooden spoon this year. Can they turn it around or will it be 11 straight losses? Going to be tough to tell, but Melbourne Storm getting a crucial win in that game. And that led us in to our Friday clash. Now, I was actually at the AFL, 70,000 people watching my side, the Melbourne Demons in the AFL. So... I actually didn't catch this game, but a huge second half display. Eels, premiership contenders, getting it done 36-20 to 20 over the Manly Seagulls. As I mentioned, Parramatta ran away with the game in the second half, and it was their halves, as well as their captain in Clint Gutherson, that I thought really stood up. As for Manly, all three of their try scorers were players that stood down last week, so... 
Good to see for them that they've been able to warm back into the side and that there don't seem to be any issues with cohesion in that regard. And for the Eels, while well, they are competing for a top four spot, and not just that, they are competing for the Premiership. They made a Premiership pact pre-season. No Mitch Moses right now, but they are still getting on with it. And it must be really exciting times, as well as nerve-wracking, to be a Parramatta Eels fan. My MVP for this game, look, there were heaps of standouts for the Eels, but I've gone with King Gutho, Clint Gutherson. He scored a try, ran for 207 metres, two line breaks, and three try assists for King Gutho. He is a leader, and he led from the front with his actions on the weekend. So, most valuable player in this game, I have gone with Clint Gutherson. For Manly now, well, they are one win up against top eight sides all year. They now face the reality of having to win every game from here on out to make the finals. And even then, that still may not be enough. Very interesting times for the Seagulls. We thought they were definitely going to be a top eight side this year, but they've fallen by the wayside. Jason Saab, I've got to give credit to him. He had a really strong game, plenty of involvement. But one area that definitely let the Seagulls down Nine errors across their backline combined. What is happening to my throat? Fucking hell. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, nine errors in the Manly backline combined. So that was a major reason as to why I think they went on to lose. Because on the other side, well, everyone in that Eels outfit stood up. I thought their left side were really good. Their wingers, Mike Sivo and Wanga Blake. Sean Lane was outstanding. Regan Campbell-Gillard was dominant up front, and Dylan Brown really stood up in the absence of Mitchell Moses. So the time is now for Parramatta. It's, it's their time. They've got to start to narrow their focus and go for that premiership. Next up, though, they've got a very tough ask. They will be playing the Rabbitohs in what is a massive game for the landscape of that top eight. And for Manly, well, they'll be heading to the Gold Coast to take on the Titans, Season on the line. They absolutely cannot afford to come away with that one without that two points. Seagulls, though, I don't think they're going to make the eight at this point. I'll be going through all the games for round 22 as well in my weekly preview, not just the sports report, NRL round 22 preview. That will drop tomorrow. So yeah, something to look forward to. There you go. I'll be dropping the preview tomorrow going through all the games of the round and giving my predictions. But we've still got some action in round 21 to cover, so now let's move on to the Super Saturday action. Okay, on to the first game of Super Saturday, or as I would call it as a Warriors fan, shitty Saturday. The Bunnies absolutely destroying us, 48 points to 10. And Rabbitohs starting to shout, sound off on exactly why they could be premiership contenders this year. For the Warriors, well, they showed why they're floating around that bottom of the table point and only just out of contention for the Wooden Spoon. Maybe not even. We don't even know yet. So Warriors, they have been really poor. Rabbitohs, they've been awesome. Latrell Mitchell picking up a couple of X Factor Player of the Round nominations, including this round, and Tevita Totola, the Tough Stuff performance highlight three weeks in a row. 
So all the big names for the Rabbitohs and even some of the lesser names are really starting to announce themselves. And for the Warriors, well, they've been abysmal this year. 14th place. Not much to talk about because, yeah, when nowhere near the eight. None of our results matter too much at this stage. Now, Cameron Murray, three try assists in the first 18 minutes. After that, I literally, I changed channel, to be honest. I was like, okay, I've seen all I need to see today. And I have a pretty fair idea on what's going to happen. With this win, the Rabbitohs, their top four hopes are still alive. They've got a massive game coming up next as well against the Eels. If they win that, well, then their chances of competing for the Premiership exponentially rise because they get themselves a little bit higher on the ladder and it's a bit of a logjam at the moment so eels they're right on the cusp of the top four rabbit hose they want to get up and put themselves in that position which is a massive chance storm playing the panthers this week so if panthers win that then all of a sudden top four race blown wide open that's going to be a massive game rabbit hose up against the eels and for the Warriors, they host the Bulldogs at Mount Smart Stadium. Bulldogs actually on the up now, and they're better than us. But yeah, that's a winnable game for the Warriors. I'll say that much. But yeah, we're definitely not on the same trajectory as the Bulldogs. That's for sure. They're actually on the up. I don't know. I don't know about the Warriors. But does it matter? They're 14th. So let's move on now to the next Saturday game. No Cleary, no Luai, no worries. Panthers getting it done over the Raiders in a game that had a lot of energy about it. Everyone at that at GIO Stadium who was a Canberra fan, they were holding on to hope that the Raiders could get it done and get their finals push going. Wasn't to be though, Panthers 26, Raiders 6. And my MVP for this game is someone who's actually been spoken about as a potential Delhi M bolter. And I reckon it's a good shout. I reckon it's a really good shout. So Dylan Edwards, he is my MVP for this game. He had a try, ran for 191 meters, had a line break and nine tackle breaks. He was electric. He was also playing hurt as well. And he is one of the most underrated, probably isn't the word, but he's just been, I guess, unlucky that there are some generational superstar fullbacks in our game because he's, he's playing like representative level football. I have no doubt. So very interesting. MVP Dylan Edwards. Of course, we had the Ricky Stewart comments after the game. Very loaded comments towards a young player in Jamin Salmon. Ricky since apologizing, saying that everything kind of got to him. And I'm happy to move on from there. We'll see what happens of it, but this is one we shan't dwell on. And Salmon, I don't know if he's going to get suspended or anything, but he looked really good alongside Sean O'Sullivan. With Sean O'Sullivan playing a massive role, he's been huge for the Panthers all year whenever he has stepped in for Nathan Cleary. Panthers, the back-to-back -back premiership, it is still on. They are looking to get it done. And they showed up against the Raiders that they are not a one-man team. Even without Nathan Cleary, they still looked excellent. And they have plenty of elite players throughout that side that they can lean on when times get a little bit tough during a game. 
What we do know is that the Panthers, they are going to be crowned minor premiers this year, and they look in the box seat to be back-to-back premiers. For the Canberra Raiders, this was a bad loss for them. Not so much their performance, although that was questionable at times, but just where they're at on the ladder and the season overall. Just a game they couldn't afford to lose. Now the Raiders, they have to win every game from here on out. And they're a chance. My opinion, they've got a really easy run home. Four games. But I also just look at those four games and knowing the Raiders like I do, I think one of these four games, they are going to slip up. I can definitely see one of these games, at very least, tripping them up along the way. First up, they've got the Dragons. That's going to be in Canberra. But only a few weeks ago, the Dragons beat them in what was a must-win game. Then the Knights in Newcastle. That's a game where I can see a pretty average Knights side actually troubling the Raiders at home. So that's another tricky one. But also, on the eye, they look like easy games. Then Manly in Canberra. That's another really tough one where I can see the Raiders tripping up. And then Tigers away. Now, it's, it's, it's possible. It's definitely possible still for the Raiders to make a run. But they have to get it done in every contest going toward finals. For the Panthers, Sean O'Sullivan, as I mentioned, steps up every time he gets called upon. Was awesome in this game. Two try assists. And with that, I would have to believe he will be lining up alongside Anthony Milford as the Dolphins starting halves next year. For the Raiders, really poor defense at times let them down and far too many errors for a side trying to compete and fight their way into the top eight. Next up, we've got Panthers and Melbourne, my game of round 22, and the Raiders host the Dragons. Season on the line here. I think the Dragons are a massive danger side for Canberra. We saw as much last time they met, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a very tense battle. So Raiders-Dragons next, Panthers vs Melbourne. Let's now move on to the Saturday night game. On to our Saturday night contest, we had the Sharks as they continue to roll on toward the final series, but they were tested a 24-18 win over their crosstown rivals in the Dragons, who were playing for their season. So it was tense right down to the death, but then in about the 65th minute, Wade Graham, a Sharks leader, scores the try, gets them over the line, and the Sharks, well now, they can really focus on their premiership push, whilst for the Dragons, you'd have to say... Finals hopes are now done and dashed. They sit in 11th spot. We saw for this one, no Matt Moylan for the Sharks. Braden Trindle started in the halves. And Lockie Miller off the bench was outstanding. I think if he struggles for like consistent game time at the Sharks, I think another NRL side will be looking to pick him up. Very talented player is Lockie Miller. And for the Dragons, well, it just wasn't top eight defense. A lot of schoolboy errors as well, and it's not to be for them this season as far as finals goes. I talked about my key battle in the preview for this game. I had the two halfbacks, and the winner of that key battle 
was my most valuable player, Nico Hines, potentially buy of the season. Definitely one of. He had a try, five tackle breaks, and ran for 145 metres as he led from the front to get his side over the line. Next up, it's a bit of a danger game for the Sharks. They'll be taking on the 15th place Tigers, and for the Dragons, they'll be playing the Raiders in Canberra, and I think finals is probably beyond the Dragons at this point, so we'll look forward to next year from them. But still in their minds, I think they want to they wanna get this win over the Raiders. That's where it starts. They absolutely have to get that. That is non-negotiable. But we'll see how that goes. Of course, I'll be previewing the round, round 22 preview coming up. But now we're making record time today. Not, not jumping into too much, saving a lot of the chat and talking points for the preview. Only a couple of games left, so let's get amongst the Sunday action. the Sunday action now. Cowboys 28 over the Bulldogs 14. Scott Drinkwater, he was my MVP. Absolutely electric at the back. And I've seen this talks around the futures of Drinkwater and Tabuai Fado. How do they work them into that back line? Well, Drinkwater couldn't be doing much more than to prove that he is ready to be their long-term fullback going forward. Two tries, 183 run meters, three line breaks, and six tackle breaks for Scott Drinkwater. An absolutely massive game from him. And with Cowboys sitting second, they are right in premiership contention. I am very excited to see what they can do under the man who is a shoe-in for Coach of the Year, Todd Payton, bringing the youth through and turning these young kids into superstars. I think of a Jeremiah Nanai, I think of a Reuben Cotter, who was one of the best players on the field in this one. And for the Dogs, well, they're building toward a bright future and a huge, huge rap to their leader, Josh Jackson. He is so tireless in the work that he gets through for his side. Next up, Cowboys are going to be playing the Roosters. That is going to be a phenomenal game. And Dogs travel to Auckland to play the Warriors. Well, this is one of the shortest, if not the shortest, power podcast ever in not just the sports report history. Blazing through the games today. Let's finish off with the last game of the round. Knights beating the Tigers. To be honest... I didn't watch this one. I didn't really have any interest. I want, it was Sunday. I wanted to do something else. It was a beautiful day. So Knights 14-12 over the Tigers. They got to put that Clemmer drama behind them. Although the fact that it was even a drama in the first place is ridiculous. Neither of these sides in the finals mix. Although Tigers are in the battle for the wooden spoon. So wins are important for them. But neither side really, neither of them can do anything. For the rest of the year. For Adam O'Brien, that night's win was a very big moment, relieves a bit of pressure, and buys him some time to turn the side around. My most valuable player was Dane Gagai, 203 meters for Dane as well as 14 tackle breaks. And next up, the Knights play the Broncos, and they'll be looking to spoil the Broncos party, and Brisbane badly need a win there. As for the Tigers, they will be hosting the Sharks. And Tigers, as I mentioned, still in the wooden spoon battle. 
They've got a lot to play for in that one. But with that being said, the fastest power podcast yet. I will do a bit of a longer one on the weekend to make up for it, given how short this one was, I guess. So I'll touch on things a little bit more on the next edition. And I will go full 100 for the preview. So I'll go into all the talking points, really break everything down for the preview coming out tomorrow. Uh, But yeah, this one just happened to be a very quick one. So that was the NRL power, I'd say hour. It's only just ticked over the 30 minute mark. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to follow us over on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report, where you can vote on NRL's best haircut. But that is it from me until the preview. So until then, thanks for listening and take care of yourselves.